you could ever need starting right now welcome back to the water break on kmih 88.9 the bridge my name's Sai, and we're going to be starting with the five and five as usual so starting with basketball the nba finals are really heating up because the miami heat are playing the lakers but the lakers took a decisive victory in game one and lebron james is really showing his dominance right now i uh, see what you did there to- heating up <laughs> yeah so yeah the uh the heat are gonna have to pick it up in game two yeah i'm mclean and i'm here with baseball news this week the first round of the mlb playoffs came to a close um the only real upset this week was when the miami marlins continued their unbeaten uh streak of playoff series and knocked off the Cubs in two games. They are going to advance to the next round where they will play against... They will play the Braves. All right, now over to Will for Hockey News. Yeah, so in hockey, really interesting. And of course, as many of you know, Tampa Bay Lightning did end up winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, Nothing new there, but now the next thing to look forward to is the NHL 2020 draft, which is supposed to be really interesting. Uh, As many of you probably saw, New York Rangers ended up winning the draft lottery and gaining that first overall pick. So they're going to be looking to take Alexis Lafreniere, a QMJHL prospect. And he's just an absolute amazing player, similar to McDavid or Crosby. He's probably lined up to be like a, a generational talent. Basically, he's predicted to be one of the best players to play the game um aside from that some interesting picks are going to be number 49 which was a coyotes pick that was voided due to a uh punishment violating nhl pre-combine testing rules which is really interesting and then looking at the canucks their first pick in this draft is actually going to come in the third round at 82 overall uh unfortunately they ended up trading all theirs anyways on to football Yes, uh, in football, um, the Thursday night game uh, yesterday on Thursday was a disaster. Uh, We saw Joe Flacco throw meaningful passes, um, but the Denver Broncos did, in fact, come out on top. 
um, by a score of 37 to 28. Um, and Adam Gase, um, his leash got a little shorter. Uh, Vic Fangio actually ordered his players uh, off the field into the locker room uh, before they had the chance to shake hands with Gase uh, because of Gase's disrespectful usage of timeouts during the Jets' last offensive series. All right, now over to Creed for some soccer. Yeah, um, so I'm Creed, and in soccer, well, the MLS is, as you know, it's been going for a little while now. We're 14 games in. Um, the Sounders and a couple other teams are still in their 13th game. Um, but right now in the Eastern Conference, we have Columbus, Philadelphia, and Toronto leading the pack. Um, Columbus with nine wins, and Toronto and Philadelphia each with eight and in the Western Conference, we have our hometown Sounders as number one with seven wins, three ties, three losses, who are ahead of our rivals Portland, with who have seven wins, four, four losses, and three ties. And we're leading only in goal differential, which is a 17-3 to lead, which is pretty huge. Um, and then in the English Premier League right now, the season just started. We're only three games in. Um, but we already have some surprising stuff going on. Manchester United and Manchester City are both, uh, they're taking up the 13th and 14th position, um, each with one win, one loss. And then we have Leicester City as number one, undefeated, with 12 goals for and four against. And that's pretty much it for soccer right now. All right. Well, that was 5-5, five and five, news from five sports, all in five minutes. So now we're going to open up the floor. Uh, what do you guys think about that Seahawks and Cowboys game, huh? Heart stopper. That was that was crazy. I really thought the Cowboys were going to put something together at the end when Dak evaded the sack and threw the ball, but that was a nice interception. Yeah, I yeah. had a large variation of emotions, I guess you could say, throughout that game. I mean, it started with the DK Metcalf play. Fairly upset about that. Uh, the Carson injury, which I, I know most people saw, it was pretty brutal twisting of his ankle. So I was pretty upset about that. Uh, but we had, we ended up getting the win, so I wasn't too I wasn't too upset, and we're three and zero. So we're I don't know our season's looking pretty good so far. Yeah, he's um, you know, Carson. He's actually projected to uh, make Sunday's game against the Miami Dolphins, and I mean I as soon as I saw him go out, I was like, well. It's uh, Carlos Hyde season, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was pretty great how, um, you know, a, a guy like Chris Carson, who's obviously in a contract year, um, able to kind of play through the injury and uh, try and produce on Sunday. So we'll, we'll see what it means for his long-term health. Uh, but just know that you're going to see him for at least one more game. And uh, more concerning than that was uh, Jamal Adams, who had to leave the game in the third quarter after a groin pull, which led to a lot of uh, snaps for Ryan Neal. Uh, obviously came up with that big interception at the end, that Ryan Neal. And that uh, that loss concerns me a lot more than Carson does. Yeah, that's for sure. And he's ruled out for this weekend against the Dolphins as well. And uh, Jordan Brooks, I think, also injured his ankle, if I'm correct. Yep. And so he's also out this weekend. He's done, and so is uh, the new cornerback, Quentin Dunbar, over from the Washington football team. He only got a chance to appear in one game, and then he missed 
most of the uh, Patriots game and all of the Cowboys, so he'll be out another week. Hopefully he'll be back for week five, though. Well, what do you guys think? Just quick question. What do you guys think about the um, Falcons-Packers game, Monday night? That is going to be a shootout for the ages. I cannot wait for that one. Matt Ryan, I firmly believe Matt Ryan has been one of the underrated uh, quarterbacks of the NFC for a long time. You know, him and Matthew Stafford have, you know, their teams have success, has, their teams have failed them pretty much every year. It's been uh, Matt Ryan ever since blowing that 28 to 3 lead in the Super Bowl. I'm terribly sorry. The entire Atlanta metro area just tuned out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they tuned in in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure how anyone's picking up a 30 watt radio station from Atlanta, but <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah, hopefully they don't <laughs> blow another lead. Yeah, I mean, Matt Ryan has been the only member of the Falcons who's been able to consistently produce other than Julio Jones over the last decade. He's a guy who I think has been balling out really quietly over the last you know decade and a half. He's entering what I believe is his 13th year. So, yeah, but he's got no defense. Um, he's only sort of got an offensive line. The dude has some weapons, though. Like, yeah. Calvin Julio Ridley, Jones Julio is, Jones. in my opinion, tied for the number one best receiver. And I think the only other person that you could put in a category with him would be D-Hop. Besides that, I think those two are so far above everyone else. Even Michael Thomas, it's it's really hard to compare anyone else to them. And then you have Calvin Ridley, who really shines when the attention goes to Julio and end up getting quite a few receptions and tons of yards. Yeah. I mean, this year it's uh it's been a different story. It's uh, Julio's been dealing with some hamstring issues. He's been on and off of the injury report, so it's we really got a chance to see how good Matt Ryan could be on his own, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Which honestly, I think Julio being injured kind of hurts Ridley. If we're being honest, and I'm a huge Ridley fan, I try to draft him almost every year. I've had him for the past two years. Uh, and he always produces. He's he's really underrated, but I think he thrives off the attention going to Julio. And it's similar to D Hop, except for D Hop doesn't really have as good of a receiver under him. D Hop's gonna get double coverage in almost every game he plays, yeah. unless he's against a top five corner, and that's still iffy. But I think Julio kind of draws that same attention, and it will leave Ridley open way more than they should leave a receiver of that caliber open. Definitely true. The Falcons, they've got an embarrassment of riches at the skill positions. I mean, they got Todd Gurley, who's not too far removed from uh, an Offensive Player of the Year campaign. But I really think that as good as the Falcons' offense is, and I believe that they can be very good, I still think they're going to be the second-best offense that takes Lambeau Field on Monday night. Have you guys seen what Aaron Rodgers has done? Well, um, that's true, I'm yeah. I'm happy yeah. about it, but yeah. I mean, drafting Jordan Love must have really, you know, lit a fire under his feet. Like, he's been on another planet. I'm Russell Wilson and is getting a lot of attention in the NFC. But I think Rodgers, I'm, of course, you can't really say that in a Seattle market, but I think Rodgers has been as good as Wilson this season, if not better. I mean, I can see that, but I think, I think 
I would put Josh Allen ahead of Rodgers, and I think I'd put Wilson at one. And I know Rodgers had played, has played insane, and maybe this is a bit of my bias speaking, but Allen still put up crazy points, and so has Wilson. And maybe maybe it's just a personal preference, but that's I strongly believe that Rodgers would stick at three. You got Buffalo Bills bias? What ties do you have to upstate New York? Well, I spent $20 <laughs> on a league, and I drafted him as my quarterback, so I'm kind of just hoping. But, I mean, Josh that's Allen. Insane. Josh Allen <laughs> no, is— he's been insane this yeah, year. Yeah, I would say he's in the MVP race at this point. He's still there. Yeah, and in fantasy, he's doing amazing. Like him, I have both him and Lamar Jackson on my team, and they're just they're doing insanely well. And yeah, I, mean, I Josh honestly Allen's think doing better than Lamar Jackson so far. At this yeah. point, it's too early to call the MVP, but I think that Wilson is definitely in the race. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, you can't really count them out yet. Rodgers and Josh Allen are probably gonna see votes but you know I think a wild card I think Cam Newton might actually take some votes if he keeps winning yeah I Maybe. completely agree with that actually and especially for the low price he's at I there must be so many teams that are wishing they got him because he's played really really well and it kind of shows maybe Belichick's just skilled and knows what he's doing but it also shows that Newton I think deserves a second chance can y'all believe that the Chicago Bears traded for Nick Foles when they could have just signed Cam Newton for the veteran minimum. It's it's yeah. And yeah, Foles well. hasn't been horrible, but like, yeah. Foles has been. Yeah, I only, mean, he's only a couple years removed from his Super Bowl. You got to remember that. And yeah, he has sure. a statue, so I mean that counts for something. <laughs> I guess. Has a statue. Yeah, he has a statue in Philly. Yeah. <laughs> To be fair, the only person he had to beat out for his job was Mitch Trubisky. That's true. I mean, you could, you could claim that Foles has had he's had a small sample size at quarterback. You could claim that you know he all he's done is light up the Falcons' defense in the second half, which pretty much anybody could do that. I mean, I think in yeah. any game that involves the Falcons, in any game, it doesn't matter if the over/under is uh, 170 points, I'll still take the over. Every Falcons game is turning into a shootout this season. Yeah, I mean, they've been blowing their leads like crazy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, So, predictions for the Monday night game, what do you guys think? I mean, I hate to do it, but I have to take Green Bay. Green Bay, one for Green Bay? Yeah. Uh, I think think Green Bay is just going to... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, yeah. I think Green Bay is just going to beat him really badly two for green bay well i mean yeah green bay is undoubtedly the better team but i'm gonna take the falcons and i'm gonna take barely like they're not gonna win this one by a mile they're gonna eke it out by maybe four points or three points whatever the margin ends up being um but i think it's gonna be matt ryan does end up beating them in the air and it's gonna be an at least 60 or 70 point game Falcons in a close one. Well, I'm 0 for 3 picking Monday night games this <laughs> season, so it really probably wouldn't be the best. Excuse me, I'm 0 for 4. I picked two Monday night games, and I got them both wrong um, in week one. <laughs> so I really think that, you know, it'll it'll be the nail in Matt Ryan's coffin if I pick him. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, however, I do think that the jig is up for the Packers. I think this is going to be the first real offense that that defense has to face. I mean, they let Stafford rack up 30 points on him and get a big fourth quarter league before 
Aaron Rodgers had his heroics. I think they uh, allowed the Vikings to score a lot more points than they needed to, and they weren't exactly dominant in Week 3 either. So I think that um, the Dirty Birds are going to put up... I think they put up... This is my bold prediction. I think they put up 40-plus points, and they get a win. Wow. That's yeah, a pretty I, bold prediction. I can see that, yeah. It's weird, because I think McLean's bet on the underdog every single one of these games, and he's gotten it wrong. I've taken the underdog every time in Monday Night Football, and I've gotten it wrong every time, and I'm not about to stop now. You've got to get it right once. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Even a worm will turn. One of these days, I will. Then you'll see. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of, uh, so the Packers were in primetime last week. They were in Sunday night against the Saints. What do you guys think the Saints should do? Is it panic time in New Orleans yet? I don't know. I think I think they might be on the verge of pushing the button, and the only reason I think they're not is because Kamara is totally keeping that team alive, almost by himself at this point. And his performance has been really, really amazing. But it's hard. I mean, Taysom Hill, who's usually an interesting player and does quite well, had some rough patches in the games. So I don't really know what they're gonna do over there, to be honest. Yeah. Well. What's for sure is they need another receiver. They need a target while um, Michael Thomas is out with his injury. Muhammad so, Sanu know. was unsigned in week one. Muhammad Sanu was a free agent in week one. They could have had him, but nope. They were like, now nah, we're good. I mean, who knows? Maybe Emmanuel Sanders can step up again. I mean, yeah. a lot of teams are having to have people step up because there's people, you know, sitting out the season. There's people who are getting injured from not playing for so long. And then there's all these COVID things that are happening, like with, um, you know, the Steelers and Colts. Oh, game sure. That's been postponed. Uh, the Colts then... aren't postponed. Oh, wait, no. It's not Colts. The uh, Steelers and Titans are yeah, postponed. Wrong, wrong AFC South team. But, yeah. They it's... look the same. Not really. <laughs> I mean, in the in the NFC South, I mean, especially those stars have been dropping like flies over there. I mean, Chris Godwin's yeah. gonna miss this week after you know leading the league in receiving last season, or leading the being second in the league in receiving last season. Michael Thomas is out. Christian McCaffrey's out. I don't know. I I think the Saints are a team. They've enjoyed a lot of recent success. They've won like 12 plus games in three, in the last three seasons. I don't think it's time to panic yet for them, but I think they're getting really close. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking we'll see Jameis Winston take some meaningful snaps by Halloween. That's my prediction. Hmm. I think that the Saints, I think it's going to be close, but they're going to win this week. And yeah. I think that they're going to lose next week and then... We're gonna have we're gonna start to see Jameis Winston. Oh yeah, Jameis Winston throws lots of interceptions. Yeah, interceptions. he sure, he sure does. He sure does. But I think the Saints. I think the Saints are one of the few teams that has a luxury of having a backup quarterback on their roster who's been the starter in the league for a long time. You know, say what yeah, you will yeah, about Jameis true. Winston's tenure, but he was at one point good enough to be named to the Pro Bowl. He was at another point good enough to lead his Buccaneers to, you know, within spitting distance of the playoffs. 
and he's, you know, all in all, I I would never throw the word consistent around when describing Jameis Winston, but he hasn't really missed time for injuries. He did miss a little bit of time in the 2018 season uh, when he was suspended, and he allowed Ryan Fitzpatrick to take over. But like, you kind of you kind of know th- what you're getting with Jameis Winston. You know you're gonna get mad inconsistency and a really good deep ball with extraordinary arm talent. But I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm almost rooting for him at this point. After having to have like three or four different offensive coordinators with Tampa, and having to learn three or four different offenses in just five years, I'm kind of rooting for him to step in uh, to the Saints' offense and make some fireworks happen. Yeah, that yeah. is true, and it's a, it's a really good spot for him to do it. I think he has the the opportunity for it if that were to happen. It's just, can he deliver, is the question. Because yeah. he, he certainly didn't do that very well in Tampa. Sure, but I mean, he's still only 25 years old. We all forget, but he was drafted. He won the Heisman Trophy at 19. He was drafted at 20. So he's still oh. got a lot of career ahead of him. You know, I, I don't think he deserved he to win that Heisman. Uh, who do you think should have gotten it instead? Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota <laughs> won the Heisman. Wait. What year was that? who did Mariota beat out? Mariota beat out um because I'm, I'm I thought trying to they think. were in the same year. Hold on. Uh they then, were drafted no, in the same got, year. Ja- yeah, Winston got that's what it was. They were Mariota drafted in the same year. should have been drafted year. ahead of Winston. He should have been on the Bucks and he should be like the he should be the Patrick Mahomes right now. <laughs> okay, I know. What about Minshew? So Minshew. Will has some pretty serious like Oregon bias, right? Uh, I slightly, yeah. How do you feel about Justin Herbert? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's just—it's not the same as Mariota. It's not the same. No. It, Mariota was special, mostly because, you know, I don't even know why Mariota was special. If we're being honest, he ran around a lot. He did run around a lot, but I feel like Mariota was also a lot better. And like, yeah, I guess. What's his name? Justin Herbert was like selected slightly lower, so maybe he has a bet and he's oh, done better. Oh, the difference between second overall and sixth overall. It's... Okay, oh, yeah. No. What a tragedy! Wow, I imagine sh- being still... drafted sixth when you could have gone second. How crazy! I still feel like Mariota got snubbed at first, even <laughs> though he's know. totally done nothing in his career. I mean, um, remember, Jameis Winston in that draft, he was actually seen as the safer pick. You know, Marcus Mariota was seen as more of the playmaker, boomer bust quarterback. Yeah, they were kind of right. They were kind of right with that one. No, they weren't. No. Marcus Mariota, I, I'll say this to Marcus Mariota's credit. He represents um, what I think is undervalued by a lot of teams in the NFL today. He represents the ability to not lose games. You know, he's in that like Derek Carr Tyrod Taylor tier of quarterbacks who can yeah. who will never be the reason you lose games. So, if he like oh. what Jameis Winston did last year, he wasted a great defense and plus group of skill position players by not being able to win with them because he kept giving the ball over too much. You know, Matt Ryan had some seasons like that early in his career. So and Carson Wentz is doing that to the Eagles right now. I mean one could yeah. argue that Kirk Cousins is holding back the best constructed roster in the NFC North. Uh, yeah, I I wouldn't say that, but they're not far off of it. Well, I mean, if you look at the rosters in the NFC North on paper, the Vikings are probably the best team if you ignore the quarterback. That is true, but 
the you quarterback know? is a huge piece of that. And I don't know why they've held on to him for so long. It's kind of like the Bears coming back to Trubisky every year. Yeah. So speaking I mean, of we quarterbacks. We did sign a deal with him, so we have to keep him in that sense. <laughs> Unfortunately. What, the, oh, go ahead. What did you guys think of the um, Baltimore and Chiefs game? That was insane. Lamar Jackson. I never thought I'd say this, but Lamar Jackson kind of underwhelmed. Yeah. You uh, know? I think yeah. last year there was a big question whether it's Lamar or Mahomes and who's going to be the better one. And I think that game, you could kind of see Mahomes was certainly dominant. And maybe it's the team, maybe not. But I certainly felt like Mahomes is the better player, especially after the Super Bowl last year. Lamar definitely kind of has a tendency to melt under the lights. I mean, yeah. in, in primetime prime time Lamar Jackson... And you know, afternoon game Lamar Jackson. It's it's definitely a different animal when you get him when nobody's watching. I mean, we saw what happened in the playoffs. I don't even think he really choked against um, against Tennessee last year in the playoffs. I just think that they tried to do too much um, in the playoffs. They believed in themselves too much. They did not punt the football or kick field goals had horrid luck in the red zone and on fourth down but you know Lamar Jackson he's he's just not the same game breaker that he is um when the lights are on and it might be nerves it might be coaching that's the problem who am I to say I'm a radio host I'm 16 I don't know what I'm talking about but I mean that's that's just my observation primetime Lamar and afternoon Lamar are different things yeah, that is true. I mean, Ryan Tannehill looked way better than him in those playoffs, if we're being honest. And I don't think there's many people who would disagree with that. Ryan Tannehill has a great arm, and it was it was wasted because he you know had to learn three different offenses and then suffer yeah. under Adam Gase for three years in 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 Miami. But he's doing really well under Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. Oh yeah, I think he fits into that scheme really well too. So yeah, and I want to kind of interrupt all this football stuff because there's a really random thing, and I know you guys probably won't even understand this prediction that I'm about to make. Yeah, but do you know who the Ottawa Senators are? Yes, yes. the Ottawa NHL team. No. They, we, we do a radio possibly... show where we talk about sports. Okay, we, we know okay. all the teams. I mean, I, I get you know the team, them, but, but you know most. The Ottawa Senators are quite possibly the most irrelevant team in the NHL, maybe besides the Minnesota Wild. Wow. Uh, they've been terrible <laughs> for years. What about the Wings? What about the Red the wings, wings? The Wings are fairly irrelevant, but they're in a bigger city, too. I guess. They got they got that Detroit market. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> even though all the sports teams in Detroit are terrible. Those poor Detroit sports yeah. teams. Um, the Imagine Senators... having to watch the Detroit Pistons, like, unironically. <laughs> like, yeah, they have nothing. Yeah. They have the Lions, the Red Wings, the yeah what are they gonna know. do the, the at least calvin johnson sold like, a lot of jerseys back in the day that is true yeah. the pistons were good in like 2004 or something but that was that was 16 years ago i was almost. i was busy being born in 2004 i didn't watch the pistons <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay well back to the back to the, what i was saying about the senators i think they have a really and i mean like really really good shot to be a top three team in like the next five years Maybe not like the next year, but by 2025, I think they will be a top three team. And I'm saying this because if you look at the draft, they have the number three overall pick, the number five overall pick, and then they also have, if I'm not mistaken, it was the 
twenty yeah twenty eighth overall pick, and then on top of that they have the thirty third and then a bunch more in round twos and two and three. So they have I think it was like nine or ten picks in the first three rounds, which is insane. It's ridiculously stacked. Apparently they've been trading because I know uh, they traded away Eric Carlson to the Sharks for a first overall or not a first overall like a first like a round. top a top pick. It's a top three. Was, I believe. was yeah, that, that how was, they got? pick number five i think that was the third no the pick number five is just from them being that was their lottery garbage pick? yeah and then the third pick is from san jose so they are beyond stacked in draft picks right now and then you also got to remember they have brady to chuck who is all, a really young good player that i think has a lot of potential and his brother's already shown it in calgary and brady's kind of shown a bit of it too but i think he can do better than where he's at so yeah that's kind of just a really random bold prediction i have but it's not that bold all right yeah well, you know what let's do this as a segment to close out the show let's do random bold predictions Creed, do you have a random bold prediction for us random bold prediction random bold prediction is uh will will put a soccer player on the front of our show cover oh that's really bold wow <laughs> that's really bold <laughs> all right sign no, anything, I think anything my bold, bold pre- okay no i actually have an actual one. Oh, you do okay uh, vikings are gonna win this week vikings they're gonna beat houston yeah all right that's, that's, that's not quite bolder. as bold I'm, I don't know. Well, okay, it's still sadly a bold prediction, um, but you know. I guess. There, I guess. A there's a chance. I guess. There I is a chance. Go zero four. All right, Cy. Anything bold? Yeah, the Miami Heat are gonna beat the Lakers in these finals. You think so? Tyler Hero are gonna heat up and just take them out. Imagine if Dwayne Wade hadn't retired and if he had just stayed on as like the sixth man on that team. You know, we could have yeah. seen LeBron and Dwayne Wade in the finals. That would yeah. be crazy. All right, and then I, I, I guess I have to make one too. Um, I'm tempted to claim that the 2021 Mariners will sneak into the playoffs, but I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. They um, have, they've had a rough go. So what yeah. is, that, is that what you're going with? No, I'm going to say for my bold prediction, I'm actually going to say that um, – so of Dan Quinn or Adam Gase, I think one of the two will make it to the end of the season. Well, it's definitely not going to be Adam Gase. <laughs> well, remember around this time last year, you know, Dan Quinn was, you know, one and four and everyone was clamoring for his job to be taken. He was one and seven. They still didn't fire him and he's still coaching their blowing leads to this day. Okay, but can you, I don't think you can really attribute those losses to him necessarily like well if he's calling the plays on defense i wouldn't say the play call was bad it was just individual players making huge costly mistakes like and i'm specifically talking about the kickoff one there's no way he could have out coach his way out of that i mean yeah tell you he could have taught all his players that he could touch the ball before 10 yards that should be a prerequisite i mean they're professionals Uh, yeah i I guess we're on this one. one that one like, you gotta know the rules for that sort of thing. I mean, the kickoff rules keep changing every season. I I know, but I knew that. That's the thing. Creed's <laughs> out here being a... So you've heard of being a Monday morning quarterback. Now get ready for being a Monday morning hands team member. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I think for my bold prediction, it's going to be that Dan Quinn makes it to the end of the season. And in two weeks, somebody's going to listen to this episode on Spotify. Shameless plug. Somebody's going to listen to this episode on Spotify and, you know, post the audio to Instagram, submit it to like the freezing cold takes sports account or something. I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to wind up eating crow for this some way or another. Um uh, anyway, this was the water break on 889 the bridge. Keep listening for more music and conversation that spans generations.